Hey, welcome into the Front Range Toyota Store Studios. It is time for another edition of the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show presented by Johnson Financial Group on 104.3 The Fan HD3. We're talking Denver Pioneers athletics as the calendar turns to the middle of March. And uh, my name is Tyler Mon. Excited to be joined this week by Pioneers head women's basketball coach Dosha Woods for the latest installment of the Dosha and Tyler Show. Dosha's rocking a sweet Kansas City Monarchs hoodie today. We were just talking about how she took her team to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum last year on a trip to Kansas City. And uh, right now, you get a chance to like stay home for a little bit, which feels like a novel sort of deal uh, in the college basketball season. I know you got one trip coming up, but then a little bit of a home stretch. How are things? Yeah, it's going to be nice to be back at home. But first of all, I'm excited to be back with you. I feel like you know, we just don't get a chance to do this often. So sometimes this is the only time I see you is when we do the radio show. Um, but no, definitely looking forward. We had a little quick um, game over the weekend, but it would be nice to be at home for a while um, after a couple like long trips and to really just be in a position to try to continue to build and find a rhythm. of a win last time out uh, and a really, really good one. You had a, a terrific performance against Stetson uh, on the ninth and really put things together in a way that you look at and think, oh yeah, that's that's exactly what the staff wants to do. That's what this team wants to do. Uh, you came out, uh, shot the ball exceedingly well. You get a 22-point win, 74-52. to 52. Uh, I know some things had not broken your way uh, over the little skid that you had in November and December, close games that trend away late and all that. So to come out and have one of those games where you not only get a win, but it feels like it was probably one of those cathartic games where things went really well. Uh, what did you like most from your team in this victory over Stetson? You know, I, I like most of the preparation that it took, you know, that week um, after we got back from California, we had a week to kind of prepare for Stetson. And it was nice to see players getting in pre-practice, post-practice, doing things that they hadn't done. I think collectively as a group, um, they were, we were, you know, all tired of the skid, all tired of losing and really had a chance to talk about what could we do different. So we not only talked about it, but then we had a chance to kind of show it in our actions. And Stetson was the first game, um, this year that we really had a chance to get everybody in the game as well, right? And I remember looking at uh, Coach Dubs at one point. Um, we started out a little slow to start the Stetson game. I said, just give me five. And I told the team I wasn't comfortable enough to say that prior to because I wasn't trusting the work that people were putting in and the work that was getting done. But to see the work this week and and, and trust that, you know, I was comfortable whatever five was selected um, just because I'd seen people in there putting in extra work. And I think that translated as we talked, the, the success um, – that we had over the weekend um, wasn't an accident. It was like a buildup. And so uh, hopefully we were able to build off that. But I really liked how we've been playing defense, honestly, defensively. We really changed some things up. Our last few opponents, we've been able to hold in the 50s, um, both Irvine and then even Stetson. And so to be able to finally shoot the ball well, um, we weren't shooting the ball great, but we were still getting the looks that we wanted. And we had a chance to kind of break down film and it was nice to kind of see a couple go down, especially for somebody like uh, Angie, who who hadn't hit one yet and and kind of their their game plan and to see her hit a couple shots. So I'm just really proud of just uh, the work that we put in and for it to be reflected in the win column. You are uh, able to get that win coming off a game. And like you mentioned, against UC Irvine, you hold that team to 50 points. Uh, it wasn't the best day for your team shooting wise. Uh, you had a uh, road trip opening game prior to that against Loyola Marymount, uh, which was a loss as well. But it felt like you still did a lot of things really well in those two games, especially that Irvine game. The nice thing about it was you got a week in between. You play at Irvine on December 2nd. You don't play again until uh, the 9th. That week in between of getting ready for Stetson 
What do you feel like maybe clicked for your team or what was the biggest emphasis during that week to get ready for Stetson? You know, we watched film a few of those days and we just had a chance to look at both um, Irvine and LMU game. Though they were both losses, though they were both losses, you know me, I'm still going to try to find some positives. And we thought in LMU game, um, I think we had a chance to realize just how important uh, Jordan Jones is for us. She does a lot. Um, just not in a stat sheet, but a lot that doesn't show up in a stat sheet. And so when she picked up two quick fouls, um, we all were left to just try to adjust and people in roles that they really hadn't been in. And then to get to the Irvine game, um, you know, switched the lineup up a little bit, um, went with a little small, smaller lineup. And I think we learned that what we've been working on, we're still capable of executing. Um, we just really had to, to, to put in extra work to kind of get our confidence back. Um, to look at film and see that, you know, these are shots that you can make, you're capable of making. Here's how you've made them in practice and kind of putting those two connections together. So I, I would say that we really just got a little bit more intentional about what we were doing and how we were working and how we were preparing. Um, some of the practices were either shorter and a little bit more intense. Um, and some of them were just just shooting and trying to be intentional about our time together on the court. Um, and, and the same goes for the film as well. You are uh, at this stage now of non-conference play where it feels like you kind of hone everything in to get ready for the summit league. These final two, three weeks now of non-conference play are so much about that. Um, over the course of non-conference, you kind of want to get some of the the tougher lessons out of the way. So then in January and February, you're able to build on those things. And we talked about that a lot over your time uh, in Denver and to have a little bit of a skid in the non-conference side of things, and then be able to bounce back with a win like you had on Saturday. What about your group showed up in trying to get over some of the, especially the tough close defeats. I mean, what, what do you feel like they learned over those games where things, the ball maybe doesn't bounce your way, especially toward the end. I think we learned just how much control we actually do have, you know, some of the losses that we've had, um, obviously it's been no secret, our, our free throw struggles and our, our inability to make free throws is part of the reason why we're sitting at two and six, um, obviously can be very different four and four, um, if, if we can make a free throw. So I think, you know, learning what we actually have control over in a game and what we actually don't have control over. And, and I think the, the positive side is just what we've been able to do defensively. Um, you know, typically in the past, we've struggled from the floor defensively and we've had a chance to kind of, you know, shoot the ball and, and it's always at the top of the conference in terms of our shooting, but it's nice to, um, know that we can shoot the ball still is just not falling now, but to know that we have our defensive fallback on, and I think the way that we've lost games, as we were telling the team, I don't know if there's another way for us to lose a game. Uh, we, we've lost we lost games, you know, we, we're not shooting free throws or getting beat in transition or um, the rebound and about it, all of these different ways. And to be able to kind of put together a complete game after that initial start against Stetson, um, uh, applying the scout, things like that. So um, to your point, just once we get closer to um, conference, to have that. And, and I think, too, you know, we've played – um, you know, eight games to this point and um, to look around just kind of what we're preparing ourselves for in terms of conference play. We haven't had a non-division one schedule um, team on our schedule yet, right? We have one coming up um, later this month, but we've been intentional in how we schedule just to make sure that we are ready for conference play. And um, so because of that, you know, we're losing some some close games, but I think it's going to make us tougher in the Summit League, which is our ultimate goal is to be able to cut a net down. And I think we're still pretty comparable to our, our Summit League counterparts um, to, to be able to reach our end goal.
Uh, one of the things you mentioned, Dosha, is uh, the free throw game. And I know how much early on in a season, especially as a head coach, you're probably tearing your hair out a little bit because you've done the things well to be in spots where you can get wins. You can you can be successful uh, if your players are able to convert in those spots. The wild thing, you've actually faced 14 fewer free throw attempts from your opponents than you guys, but they have 17 more makes uh, so far this season. And as a head coach, I mean, the thing is, like, there's only so much you can do. I would imagine you just get in the gym, you try to get shots up and convert at a higher rate. But what what is that like, you know, when you're on a coaching staff and you think like, hey, we're, we're getting there, we're getting to the finish line, we got to figure out a way to get across the finish line. Like, what is the next step in that evolution? Uh, first is it's a bit of a, like a helpless feeling, honestly, it's, you know, you got the ball underneath or you got the ball to start the quarter, um, in our game, since we still have four quarters, if you have the ball to, you know, even in front of your bench, you can say, stop, you run this play and free throw, you feel so at plus. Cause it's just, you know, your player, the ball in a basket, and there's not even any defense on there. So we've had to really work or just, you know, you named it. We tried it in terms of free throws. Old school, shoot free throws, you miss, you run. Um, you have free throws in the bank to get you out of sprints. Um, we tried it, you know, as a punishment. We tried it as reward. We said shoot X amount in a row. And again, this week, I think it gave us a chance to just kind of continue to to search for different types of ways um, to play the game. Now we'll um, shoot for turnovers and things like that and um, different people step up. So we've tried a lot of different ways, but it's been frustrating um, because you really don't have a game plan for that per se. And I think our players kind of went through a, a, a span in there where they were overthinking it. And in our last game against us, and we had you know, the ones that were normally money from the line, um, you know, miss some. And then the one that, the ones that have been struggling make some. So eventually we'll all get on the same page with that. But that's one of the, probably one of the the most helpless feelings, I think, as a coach, because you, you know, you've seen them shoot, you know, thousands of free throws and they've taken thousands of free throws in their career. Um, but you can't simulate adrenaline. You can't swim, simulate nerves and things like that. So we'll keep working on it. Um, it's not our inability to shoot it. I think it's our, our inability sometimes to trust that we can make it. Huge thanks to Pioneers head women's basketball coach Dosha Woods for stopping by the show. We had some technical issues on the uh, host side this time around. So a shorter edition here uh, for this week's episode of the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show. It's coming up after the break. Pioneers head men's soccer coach Jamie Franks will stop by the show to wrap up the 2023 season. That's ahead on 104.3 The Fan HD3. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously. But as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah. That's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Denver Gymnastics season tickets are the best value in town and the entertainment is priceless. And a stuck landing. That was a beautiful routine. I don't know where the judges are going to take any deductions on that. Learn more about DU Gymnastics offerings at denverpioneers.com or social media outlets. Sunday fun in Magnus Arena, Denver's home of college sports. Yeah, so picture perfect. Welcome back to the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show presented by Johnson Financial from your hometown Toyota Store studio. In this segment, we're joined by Jack and Sheila Weinberg, head men's soccer coach, Jamie Franks. Jamie, how are you doing today? Hey, Nico, how are you doing? 
Good man, good. Uh, Columbus Crew won MLS, so I'm in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's visit back to the uh, LIU game uh, in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and we'll start there. Uh, you go behind for the first time in what seemed like two months, and your team responds uh, with goals from Price Willoughby and Tyler Schomer three minutes apart. Just kind of talk about that match from your perspective and what you remember most about it. Yeah, I thought we played quite well, um, you know, throughout the whole match. I just don't think we were dangerous enough uh, in the first half. And I don't think we had the urgency uh, that's needed in knockout football matches. And, and um, you know, I, I, we felt like to find ourselves down one nothing on their first or second shot uh, of the game, it was, it was like, oh, my goodness, is it going to be one of these silly soccer games where, you know, you're on the wrong side of it and, was just super proud of the group of the leaders that they found, uh, you know, uh, a higher level. And, you know, from, 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 um, you know, after they scored the goal, uh, just the intent of the players, the purpose of the players, uh, you had a good feeling that we were going to win the game. And so uh, goals, you know, uh, you know, lightning strike goals, uh, you know, back to back within, you know, three, four minutes of each other uh, does the job. And, uh, you know, it was just super proud of a, a really young team, you know, playing in an NCAA tournament, you know, uh, some of those guys for the first time, uh, just that they showed up and that, and that they were able to kind of express themselves and, and uh, really stand up in uh, the face of adversity. Cause you know, I thought uh, LIU was good. They, they were super good at what they did. They had a bunch of good players and they were really bought in really well coached team. So, um, you know, really excited to get that result at home. And uh, it was just a great, you know, great day to be a pioneer. Bryce Willoughby, who's one of those guys who's playing in his first NCAA tournament game, he gets the uh, equalizer for you guys in the 80th minute. To talk about his season, you know, you look back, he just played a really key role. OJ obviously got to, off to a great start in, in August and September, and then and then Price really filled the void there to get you some big goals in some league play. Yeah, he's just uh, – he's a difference maker, and he's, he's different than what we have um, in the sense of his skill set. And, uh, you know, I think it's his mentality uh, that makes him different. You know, I remember giving him some of his first minutes early in the season, and he came off. You know, we subbed him off, and he gives me a big hug and just says, thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> most players that you take off are not happy. Uh, I was never happy when I got taken off as a player. So, uh, you know, I can understand that emotion, but – uh, he just has an attitude of gratitude and, and, and because of that, uh, he rarely misses days, you know, when his focus is on, um, he's, he's extremely, extremely important and valuable to the team. Yeah. So he gets the goal and then it kind of feels like it's just a matter of time before you get the second, because the team was dominating play so much at that point. And it comes from Tyler Schomer who uh, scores his first goal of the season Talk about from your perspective, especially for a forward, because you guys are usually playing with one or two up top, um, how important that is for Tyler to keep working and keep working throughout the course of the year. He gets a lot of appearances early in his freshman year, and then it pays off uh, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, he's our number nine uh, for a reason. You know, we really believe that he's he's the program's number nine and he's the future of the program. And so, um, you know, forwards, they've got some of the toughest job. Uh, you have to have a short memory. Um, you know, it's more about your processes and your habits. Um, you know, always running to the front stick, always following up plays, um, you know, always trying to be, you know, a fox in the box, a goal, you know, a, a, a poacher. 
And I just thought he got unlucky kind of to start the season. And, and, and it, you know, it would be different, you know, pro, you know, pro guys have nine, 10 months kind of, uh, you know, for a campaign and, and um, you know, Tyler also hits the post, uh, you know, in the SMU game, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a second, but you know, my guess is if that if we kept playing and, you know, we had, uh, you know, other two or three months that Tyler Schumer was really going to start to heat up. And, and, you know, I think what I'm most proud about and, 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 and I think what his teammates um, respect him for is that like he, he found uh, adversity this season, you know, his balance of, of, of being a student athlete, his balance of, you know, one time being a top, top forward and, and then having to share minutes coming off the bench you know, that stuff's tough and, 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 and not many people can, can have the resiliency and the focus to keep going. And so um, it's just a great example of like being ready when your number's called and, and, and um, you know, for us moving forward, it, you know, he's going to be a really important piece to this whole thing. And so what a better time to get your first collegiate goal, a game winner in the NCAA tournament. So great, great moment for him. Yeah, for sure. You teased the SMU game a little bit earlier and you want to talk about silly soccer games hit the post four times, including Tyler Schomer's, uh, including three in the last 10 minutes, too. It's never fun to get knocked out in November, but just in a game like that, what was the, the I guess, kind of response from the guys immediately after the match? Anger. Um, you know, the last time that we got bounced out by SMU, uh, we went on to win 20 games straight and and and, and went to a, a college cup. My wife reminded uh, me of that immediately after the game. Um, feeling of like you got wronged uh, and then ultimately feeling of like, uh, like we're there and like we're good enough. And I think everybody always asks, like, why do we go and play all these tough games on the road? And, 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 and you know, why do we put ourselves – uh, you know, when, when we first started 20 and one or, or, or 15 and one and, and, you know, but that just doesn't prepare you for the NCAA tournament. You, you know, you'd rather have um, some, some setbacks and adversity along the way to kind of find out who you are. And, and um, you know, it's just a little bit unlucky, you know, in that game, I, I was disappointed with the way that we started, you know, if I'm being truthful uh, you know, I think one of the the critiques of myself and, and the coaching staff was, you know, we were only able to really find our level of urgency when we were down in matches. And, uh, you know, that's disappointing because I think for us to be at our best, for our brand, for our fighting football, you know, that mentality, it's a proactiveness. There's a proactiveness in the way that we press. There's a proactiveness in our possession. There's a lot of purpose. And and, and I thought that was lacking, you know. Uh, listen, anytime that you play in front of that many fans, it's loud. The weather was poor. Um you know, with so many freshmen and sophomores, you know, in, in some of their first NCA, you know, uh, you know, uh, tournament experience, there might be nerves, but, you know, for us as a coaching staff, I thought we were just disappointed in ourselves that we couldn't find that level, um, you know, ourselves, we had to make sure, you know, it was manufactured by being down a goal. So, uh, you know, if I'm being totally honest, like, uh, people are angry and people are not happy and 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 i think uh any good athlete um kind of remembers some of their downtimes more more than you know the highs uh there's highs and lows in the game and and uh if there hasn't been then you haven't been in the game long enough uh you know nobody stays on any high and you know nobody stays in any low and 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 so for us um you know really internally looking at ourselves and thinking okay like what are the things that we need to address? What are the things that we need to get better at? And, you know, what are these margins that we need to win? 
if you win that game, do you think the same? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but for us, it's like, you know, there's a fire in our belly to come back and, um, you know, we were good enough to be a sweet 16 team this year. And, and it's just disappointing that we didn't get there. So uh, a lot of pissed off people, a lot of angry people. And, 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 you know, when you go back in um, the facilities and, and, and you see your whole team lifting and you see your whole team, you know, right back at it the next week, uh, there is uh, a sense of like pride. There's a sense of like, wow, these guys are really about this. There's a, there's a high level of intrinsic motivation from the team uh, to succeed. And so um, the journey for next season starts now. Uh, we're not going to waste any time. And this will undoubtedly be the highest, you know, the highest standards we've ever had from top to bottom. This is the best team we'll ever bring back. Um, but the standards and, and, and they need to increase the, 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 the values of the program need to be on display every day. And, and like what I told the guys is it's going to be a really tough winter and this will be the toughest winter of your life. And, and, um, you know, I thought that the guys were understanding of that and the guys were, were, you know, were meeting, you know, their actions are meeting their ambition. And so, um, we're really tired of, uh, losing in that round and, uh, we're going to do something about it next year. Yeah. Three years in a row that you get to the second round, but three years in a row, like you mentioned that you lose in that round. So, uh, building towards that for next year. And we've, we've talked about the injured guys a lot. And obviously I know that you guys don't like to use it as an excuse, but to almost bring, four players back that didn't have a key role in this year because of injury. It's almost like getting another boost or recruiting class a little bit, but you know that they're proven players. Is that kind of the attitude that you guys are taking about, Hey, we like we're adding these pieces back in and we already know what we have and you're bringing so much back that yeah, you're getting more freshmen in, but you're kind of bringing back the team that you already know that you have and you can build from there instead of starting from the beginning again. Yeah. I don't know any recruiting class where you're going to bring in three captains. So, uh, you know, adding your three captains back into the team is, is, is incredible. And, you know, I've said this before. Uh, I think a lot of people wanted to talk about who we were missing this year and, you know, rightfully so, but ultimately the story ended up being who stepped up. And the guys sure. have like Ian Smith and, 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 and Bo, uh, Boli to be like the emotional leaders. And then for Sam Bassett and OJ to like kind of set the tone, um, you know, you just had so many players set, step up and, you know, Dylan Aku, his sophomore season to, to, to play at the level he did to have Jake Smith, uh, you know, uh, Semmelsberger, um, you know, Dom, uh, those guys to, to, to play in the midfield and dominate the way that we did, uh, you know, yeah, we've lost uh, in three second round games. The, you know, three years ago, we lost on the 109th uh, minute in a phantom PK call, uh, which I, I, I still am, 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 am baffled by, but that's how You can that's watch it a hundred times goes. and you'll still be baffled by it. <laughs> and then Clemson goes on and wins the national championship, you know, and, 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 yep. and, and so uh and then the next year, uh, you go to Duke and you play fantastic. You out, you out, you out shoot like you know the number one team in the country who's been number one most of the season. You out shoot them four, fourteen to five, and you have tons of the ball and you have tons of, uh, but you're down 0-2 on on a on a missed penalty kick call uh, for and against. And so, um, you know, and then and and then the SMU game to give up the goals that we did. Uh, you know, they're not great goals to give up. And 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 normally we're we're, we're very sure of ourselves in the back. And um, you know, uh, that's football. And I think you know, for us, 
this like motto of like, leave no doubt. Uh, you know, David Carl, a uh, hockey coach at DU, he gave me a book a long time ago, uh, leave no doubt. And it's like a credence to like uh, your processes and, 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 and making sure that every day, um, you know, that we are trying to get better. And, 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 and I think that's where we're at. You know, it's like, um, we know that we're good enough to be, uh, you know, standing in the final four. We know that, that that's the quality and that's the, that's the, um, but we need uh, to create our own luck and we need to make sure that, you know, in these games, uh, you know, that there is no lull and that we, you know, uh, so um, really excited to bring back all those guys, obviously. Uh, you know, we, you have two guys joining us in January, Grant Lund and Keegan Kelly, uh, who are studs. Those guys are incredible players. You know, Keegan, uh, is in with the U23, uh, you know, New Zealand Olympic team. And then uh, Grant Lund was, you know, best 11, uh, you know, on a non-MLS Academy team. Uh, his team lost in the LA Galaxy in the, in the finals uh, for Real Colorado. So to have those guys come in in January, there's already new blood in the team and there's already higher competition. Uh, and ultimately, you know, I, I think our job as a staff is to bring in really good people who challenge each other and, you know, the, the minutes are going to become harder. So all the guys that played last year, knowing that four guys that are incredible players come back into the lineup. Um, yeah. That, that first practice in January is going to be intense because, you know, guys know that you're going to have to earn your Jersey. And um, when you have internal competition every day and you have guys constantly looking over their shoulder um, what habits they're doing, you know, uh, all on and off the field and, 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 and keeping that excellence, uh, you know, those standards of excellence really high, uh, that's when real development happens. And so that's what we're most excited about. And, 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 um, uh, like I said, a year that I think uh, a lot of people would, uh, you know, kind of tag is like, Oh, we miss these players. I thought it was quite the opposite. I was like, man, look at all these young guys stepping up in leadership roles and, and, and really taking ownership of, of, of the team. Yeah. hundred percent of final point for you, Sam Bassett. This week, named a second-team All-American, a well-deserved honor for for his career highs, both in goals and assists. And like you mentioned, stepping up in those key moments uh, with the key players that were out. Just kind of talk about his season and the and the things that you take away from his junior campaign. Wow, when he when he lost his finger uh, in the Kansas City match, and it was like potential seasoning and injury for him, and he was like trying to convince us to let him play without a finger. Um, that kind of epitomizes where his mentality was at. Um, he, uh, you know, sets the tone for our team because he's so passionate and so committed to the sport. You know, you want to talk about, Hey, being all American, uh, you know, these are the behaviors that you need to, uh, exemplify, man, he does those first in the locker room, the way he takes care of his body, how fit he is. Um, just his passion for the game, I think is separates him from everybody else. And I, you know, uh, just really proud of him because I felt over the kind of the past 24 months, you know, where he's grown the most is the areas that a lot of people I think used to criticize him in, uh, his balance, his power, his ability to get a shot off, uh, his ability to press, his ability to tackle, you know, these are things that are not easy to work at as a player. And these are things that are very hard as a player to, uh, hear criticism of yourself and, and, Kudos to the, you know, uh, to the young man because uh, he took it on the chin and just continues to get better. And um, the Rapids have a really, really good player coming up in the pipeline. And I'm just really excited, um, you know, for, for his senior season and for him to really kind of express himself. Because 
I did think there was an eight or nine game little little trend there after his finger um, where it was tough. It, it was it was, uh, you know, the results you were winning games, but our offense wasn't clicking in the right fashion. Um, and so, like, there's just a lot of room to grow for him. And, and, and I'm just really excited because I know that he sees that 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 space and where he needs to still grow. And, and, and I know that he's not scared to be challenged. He's not scared to, to, to grow in those areas. So really, really happy for him because I thought uh, in a year that he committed so much to the team and so much unselfishness into like being a better leader and not worried about his stats to turn around and, 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 and to be an all American is, uh, you know, pretty special. The third different all American in the program's history. Jamie, thanks for joining us uh, this week on the coaches show. Again, presented by Johnson Financial from your hometown Toyota store studio. And Jamie, we'll talk to you this spring. Thanks, Nico. Thanks. Wrapping up this week's edition of the Denver Coaches Show. We'll see you next week with uh, Vice Chancellor Josh Burlow. Take care.